0: Before we begin our podcast today, Si Change would like to acknowledge that we are by no means experts on these topics. Our aim is to create an inclusive and safe space that encourages discussions and invites learning and compassion. Hello, welcome to our podcast.
1: My name is Eden.
2: My name is Cynthia. And my name is Susie, and we are our members of C-Change. change is a youth leadership team that is focused on mental health and social change. The topic we will be discussing today are intersectionality and culture harmony enrichment. We will also be looking at the impacts of COVID-19 on marginalized communities and addressing, people, po- addressing possible questions people may have with these issues.
1: So before we start, we would like to acknowledge that we are recording this on the traditional ancestral unceded territory of the Musqueam, uh, Stalo, uh, Shamanis, Kwantlen, and Tawassan people. Now let will start our discussion on our first topic, intersectionality and cultural harmony enrichment.
2: So first we're going to start off with some definitions just to make sure you guys know exactly what we're talking about. So intersectionality is the recognition that marginalized individuals or groups face more than one di- disadvantage, multiple forms of discrimination, which includes race, gender, age, sexual orientation or class are combined or overlapped. This term was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw and she used the example of black women and how they have more disadvantage because of their race and gender.
0: Intersectionality is also a framework that works to positively make sure that marginalized folks are seen and not excluded. We want to embrace it so that marginalized folks do not fall through the cracks of systems.
1: Right. And the definition of cultural harmony is something that ties people of different races, backgrounds, uh, languages, and beliefs together to create a positive change and uh, collective action within our community. It is meant to foster the understanding of the importance of cultural safety and sensitivity when interacting with folks with unique uh, lived experiences.
2: Okay, let's move on to discussion. Where do we see intersectionality in our community? So intersectionality is actually everywhere. It's important to note that intersectionality presents itself in different forms but oftentimes folks face intersectional barriers because of the system that has been set up on to help some and disadvantage others
1: yeah Uh, so like many social issues uh people uh, who do not experience this may think it's not necessarily visible to everybody but when understanding this concept it will broaden your thinking and you may become more aware of it in your community
2: Can you think of any people or groups that are targets of intersectionality? Well, a few examples of folks who experience intersectionality are black women, Muslim women, black people a part of the LGBTQ plus community, indigenous people with a mental illness, Asian women, Muslim people with a disability and indigenous women. We want to challenge you to think about how there are various groups of people who experience this form of discrimination
1: So why is it important for us to talk about intersectionality and acknowledge it in Richmond?
2: Well, the more we are able to understand intersectionality, the more likely it is possible to work towards solutions. And a good quote that I would like to say is, we cannot change outcomes without understanding how they've come about. In acknowledging the issues, especially ones expressed in our community, will create discussions like we are having today. It is also important to be open-minded and ready to be called into conversation when necessary. Learning and unlearning are not linear. Is total cultural harmony ever gonna be possible in our society?
1: Um, In my opinion, it can. And for that to happen, we have to understand and celebrate our differences. Uh, We should explore cultures and open minds and collectively strive for cultural harmony. And once we can fully understand how inter- intersectionality works and find solutions to prevent it, we can start to of start to discuss how cultural harmony and what are steps to achieve it.
2: So now we will be passing it on to Sayed, Melissa, and Lena to talk about the impacts of COVID nineteen on marginalized communities.
0: Okay. Hello, my name is Lena.
3: Um, I'm Melissa.
4: I'm Sayed.
0: So we'll be talking a little bit about the impact of COVID-19 on marginalized communities. So historically, marginalized folks are affected by uh, COVID-19 to a greater extent than white people. So this is shown for uh, disproportionate rate of death among members from marginalized groups. Um, So there's actually no biofactors that made marginalized folks more exposed to uh, or more affected to COVID-19 and covid-19 just simply exposed the underlying long-standing structures and societal factors that made marginalized groups more affected by the, this pandemic. So we'll be talking a little bit about some of these factors. So starting with Melissa.
3: Um so one of the discussion questions that we have is limited access and healthcare. Um limited access and quality of healthcare. So the higher chances to have chronic conditions um, so they have a more adverse reaction to COVID. And uh, due to research, it says that Black, indigenous and people of color communities often suffer from the kinds of chronic health conditions that during this pandemic is described as underlying. So due to low income and lower health care, less opportunities and security of resources makes marginalized communities more vulnerable to health crisis. And um, another thing is that recent studies uh, that concluded a systemic review and meta-analysis found that individuals from Black and Asian ethnicities have a greater risk of COVID infections than white individuals. Individuals of Asian descent may also have a higher risk of ICU admissions and mortality.
4: Many of the marginalized communities have limited education access and this leads to limited jobs and results in many people taking at work in essential areas. And that ultimately leads to close contact with the public or other workers. And that means that they won't be able to work from home. And many of them do not get paid sick days.
3: And the lack of payment from a job and unemployment causes eviction, which causes instability, houseless homelessness, and living in crowded quarters. And that um, results in more risk of getting COVID. Oh, uh, studies of covid effect on marginalized healthcare workers is also another discussion question that we have so um there's a quote from dr shanid and it says that however it is a clear and consistent theme from the reports and what we know about those who have died so far that a disproportionate number of those healthcare workers have tragically lost their lives are from bame communities yes. by Poc individuals are often turned down because the doctors think they're faking it. There's even false literature that says that black people experience less pain than their white counterparts. Um, so the BMA British Medical Association re- research revealed that BAME, Black, Asian and other minority ethnic communities, doctors are twice as likely not to feel confident to raise concerns about safety in the case compared with their white
2: colleagues.
4: Other factors that contribute to the increasing rate of infection of COVID are because of the are this healthcare system. So since it's very Eurocentric, many marginalized folks may not feel safe or comfortable with approaching the system, which leads to them um, ignoring it and sort of keeping their symptoms to themselves, which leads to it worsening and spreading. Um, many black communities also distrust the healthcare system because um, in the past through history they have been experimented on and through this um mistreatment a lack of trust was built and lastly also language barriers uh so many people because since many places of for healthcare are very eurocentric um they lack the education that can provide people with different languages um the care that they need
0: yeah that is off on us so next we will pass it on to Astra, matt and olivia to discuss any questions that people might have
5: on our podcast hi i'm olivia I'm Astra.
6: and my name is matt
5: and for the last part of the podcast we want to go over some questions that may come up about intersectionality and cultural harmony First of all, how
7: does intersectionality connect to Sea change and why do we care so much
5: about this topic? Well, the members of Sea change come from all different backgrounds, cultures, and groups, which means we have an inclusive environment that allows everyone to share, feel safe and supported, and make mistakes and learn. We also have our main values, which are leadership, teamwork, justice, learning, and inclusivity, which we promote by spreading awareness through hosting events, addressing social injustice in the community through events like OTT and this event Start With Youth.
7: Another question is, um, what small steps can we take as individuals to promote cultural harmony?
5: Well, we can all start by being aware and learning about other cultures, marginalized groups, or minorities in our communities. We can learn what intersectionality and cultural harmony mean, which we're doing in this podcast. And also make sure to ask questions, do research, keep learning and sharing, and try to keep your city and others around you accountable. You can attend events like this one with your friends, family, or school that involve cultures you're not connected to. And also make sure to join groups like this one. And of course, always keep an open mind and remember no two people are the same or live through the same circumstances or experiences. So you can be inclusive, empathetic, and kind towards others
6: around you. Um, Azra, where do you people form intersectional values?
7: Well, we usually see it in media, but it can be formed anywhere and it's mainly developed at an early age. For example, as young children, we would watch TV shows with white main characters and people of color as the best friend or the comedic relief or any other side character. And when we see this sort of representation, we internally believe that in order to be noticed or liked, you have to be white, when that's really not the case.
6: Uh, What is the impact of intersectionality in daily life?
7: Um, It usually happens through microaggression which means everyday, subtle, intentional, and oftentimes unintentional character, or interactions and behaviors that communicate some sort of bias towards historically marginalized groups. For example, when someone says you're pretty for a um, something or, or someone, or you don't act like a person, a type of person. And it tends to benefit white women more often than any other underrepresented group and can be seen in many places as previously mentioned.
6: How do intersectionality and cultural harmony connect?
7: In Canada, because we are labeled as a multicultural and diverse country, intersectionality and cultural harmony will often go
5: together. So Matt, how can we help marginalized communities during COVID-19?
6: During COVID-19, we can do many things such as support local and national nonprofits, Uh, These can be local food banks or charities such as Direct Relief, International Children's Fund, and the Canadian Red Cross. We can also raise awareness about the struggles of uh, specifically marginalized communities uh, using social media. And we should also seek out marginalized voices and perspectives by doing research. We should try to continually educate ourselves and others, family members, and friends to start with. Uh, you should always stay ready to learn with an open mind and be be optimistic
5: and how can i raise awareness about the effects of intersectionality
6: Uh, you can do this by sharing on social media the relevance of intersectionality in our community you can educate yourself about intersectionality by doing research or asking questions you can also uh, spread awareness about intersectionality by joining and hosting events regarding social justice issues, which can include joining uh, social justice groups like ours, or and you can also speak out against biases or discrimination in immediate surroundings. This can go a long way towards benefiting your neighborhood because silence in inaction continually plagues communities and people affected by intersectionality. Start with your friends and family members, take a stance. Thank you all for listening to our podcast, and we hope you learned some valuable things today.